Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, take out those that app. Right there are some sermon notes. If you're watching on Church Online, there's a link for you to click right there so you can follow along with the notes as we continue our series, part three of The Day That Changed the World. We're looking at days throughout the scriptures at the end of Jesus' life that changed everything. So we started it a couple weeks ago and talked about Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day that God chose me in the same way he chose that donkey. He's choosing your life to bring peace in the midst of the chaos. Then we looked last week at Easter, and we looked at the day that God saved me. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at Pentecost, which is what we're looking at as the day that God empowered me. And I'm going to teach you guys how in the midst of this crazy season to live empowered by the Spirit of God. You need it more now than ever. And today, we're going to look at what's called Ascension Sunday. And you can write it down in your notes. We're going to call this the day God commissioned me. The day God commissioned me. Let me give you a little bit of historical background on what happened. Because many people don't know. They look at Easter and they see that the tomb is empty, which brings us a lot of hope. Like I said last week, that because the tomb is empty, it shows that no person or no situation is beyond saving. And a lot of people think that that's the end. That's the end of the story, but that's not the end. Easter is actually the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. There's a commissioning that happens afterwards. And so we learn in the scriptures that after Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't immediately go right up into heaven. He actually spent 40 days going around teaching the disciples, hanging out with people, letting them see proof that he was alive. And we see the, some of the accounts of Jesus' last days here on the earth after his resurrection in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles right there in your living room, open up to Acts chapter 1. It will start in verse 3. It kind of gives us a little background of when it's happening. It says it like this. It says, after he is suffering, talk about him going to the cross, raised, being raised from the dead. He, Jesus, presented himself to them, talk about the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, say 40 days, 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. So he spent this time with his disciples, and then they talk about after 40 days after he was raised from the dead, he gathered his disciples together on the Mount of Olives, and he gives what's called the Great Commission. It's where I get this message today. You've heard it before, where he says you should go into all the world and preach the Gospels, making disciples of all nations. So he gives us this big commission, but we see a detailed account of this commission in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 6, and I want you to see it. It says it like this. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. And then he says this in verse 8, but you will receive power, say power, we're going to talk about that a lot next week, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, and all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the same commission. That's the great commission right there. And then he says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky where he was going. And suddenly, two men were dressed in white beside them. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who is taken from you into heaven will come back. Let me encourage you, Radiant Church, the same Jesus, he will come back in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. And then this, the passage goes, and the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath walk from the city. So as he gathered these people together, he gives them this commission. Listen, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go into the ends of the earth. And you would go, that's great for them, Aaron, but this is 2,000 years later. What does that have to do with me? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and he says this commission's not just for them, it's for you also. He says, now we, talking about the church, talking about Radiant Church, talking about you right there in your living room, we are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And so he says it like this, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He tells us, listen, this is for you today. You're part of this group. You're getting commissioned out. So who did he commission out? He commissioned out fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes. He didn't pick the best of the best. It, you see, God doesn't choose the way man cho chooses. So a lot of you guys have discounted yourself and go, well, Aaron, that's great for other people, those super spiritual people, but that's not for me. I want you to know today, God has a commission for your life. He still takes the ragtag kind of leftover people that everybody else overlooks and uses them for a divine purpose. It's like some of the movies I grew up with. Maybe you remember The Goonies. Come on, that's a good one right there. A group of people that should have never accomplished anything. And what did they do? They did great things. Or maybe you remember The Mighty Ducks. Come on, ducks fly together. That's a good movie right there. You saw them at the beginning. There's no way they would win. But when they got on the team, they worked together, they changed the world. Or remember this one, and if you were raised in my generation, you remember this one called Little Giants. That is a good movie. Made me want to play football right there. You're like, if these guys can do it, anybody can do that. And when I look at the story of the very first apostles and teachers and preachers that God raised up, he raised up a group of people and commissioned people that nobody ever thought could accomplish great things, and they changed the world. And let me just say this, God wants to do it in your life today. This is a day that'll change the world because you're going to realize the same assignment he gave them 2,000 years ago, he's given you. And there's never been a more perfect time than right now when our world is in chaos, there's so much confusion, there's so much fear, there's so much anxiety. This is the time for the church to understand our assignment to take it as our responsibility to run with it and to be Jesus to a lost and broken world. So let me give you four keys to understanding your assignment, your commissioning that God wants to do in your life. We're going to find them right there in that passage in Acts chapter 1. So keep your Bible open. Let's start in verse 6. Look what it says. It says, And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were asking him important questions. And he said, listen, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. And then he responds with, but, but listen, you're going to receive power. 
So let me put this in layman's terms for all of us today. Here's what they were doing. They're saying, God, can you give us some details? Like, we'll do great things for you, but what do you want us to do? And when do you want it to happen? And what is it going to look like? And God says to them and says, listen, I'm not going to give you details. I'm going to give you power. Here's key number one. Write it down in your notes. It takes faith to not know the details and yet still be deployed. That's a really good line right there. It takes faith. And if you're going to do anything great for God, you got to be okay with God not giving you the details, but you still being willing to be deployed. I am so glad that I have learned this in my life that I do not wait for the details any longer to be deployed for whatever God has for me. Can you imagine if I would have had the details for what 2020 held? Do you remember me at the beginning of this year? I'm preaching right on the stage. This is going to be your best year yet. God's got great things in store. I had all these plans. I had all this, this stuff that I, we were going to do as a church. And guess where all those plans went? Right out the window. Why? Because I had no clue what the future held. But that's okay as a follower of Jesus because my hope, listen to me, Radiant Church, is not in the plans. It's in the power. You see, way too many times we get anxious because we're waiting on the plan. And God's saying, I'm not going to give you the plan, but I am going to give you the power so that whatever comes your way, whatever trial, whatever struggle, whatever hardship, I want you to know it might not be in your plan, but my power is sufficient to make you victorious through it all. Stop waiting on the details and just deploy and do whatever God wants you to do. I wrote it down in my notes this way. This is how I view my life right now. Ready? That my life is a blank check that God can use whatever way he chooses. Whatever way he chooses. Let me see this little check up here, okay? So a lot of you guys are thinking about checks right now because you got your stimulus check this week. But uh, this is not that check, okay? I want you to think of this as your life. And when you get saved and when you get this commission by God, you realize, as 1 Corinthians says it this way, that you are not your own. You are bought at a price. God now controls your life. And if you're going to do something great for God, then you got to live in such a way that you live in a blank check type way. You say, God, listen, this is my life. I hand it over to you. And as I hand my life over to you, my family over to you, my time over to you, I want you to know you can do with it whatever you want to do. And this is the decision I made at 16 years old. I'm going to be commissioned by God. And God, if you call me to the Sudan or you call me to South Tampa, it doesn't matter. I'll go wherever you want me to go because I'm not waiting for the details. I'm ready to be deployed, whatever God you have for me, whatever you have for me. And what is this for you today? Some of you guys, here's your deployment. Go to next steps today. Some of you guys, here's your deployment. Lead a radiant group. Some of you guys, reach out to your neighbor. Send that Facebook message. You know, minister to someone in your workplace. Pray before that, on that Zoom call. You need to make sure that you are obedient to God despite the fact that you don't 
have all the details. And I want to encourage you right here in church, if we lived our life in this way, we will change the world saying, God, whatever you write on that line, if you, whatever you want me to do, whatever ministry you want me to start, whatever outreach you want me to be part of, whatever group you want me to form, I'll do it for you because I'm not my own. My life is a blank check. You'll change the world. I promise you. Because God is not looking at your ability. He's looking at your availability, saying, will they say yes even if I don't give them the full plan? And if you're going to do anything great for God, live your life in such a way that you say, God, I don't, I don't need the plan. I just need the power to say, whatever you bring me to, you're going to lead me through it in victory. Here's the second lesson for our, our, our commissioning. First of all, we don't need the details to be deployed. Number two, look what it says in verse eight. He says, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, let me show you a phrase that really sticks out to me right there. My witnesses. We are chosen to stand on behalf of God himself to a world that's broken and crazy and lost. Now, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, but it brings me something that I want to talk to you about. Number two, write it down. It's that I have confidence knowing that God sees something in me that I don't even see in myself. I want you to get this because you will change the world if you'll walk in a little bit of confidence that God has chosen you to be his witness to the lost and broken world that we live in today. We have to have confidence. God could have had us live during any period of time, but he chose in the middle of a pandemic when life is crazy, he chose you and said, no, I want you at that workplace. I want you home with those kids. I want you there ministering that family. I want you on that Zoom call. He chose you because he has confidence in you. In Radiant Church, I want you to see this. He believes in you probably more than you believe in yourself. You gotta get a little confidence. You know, I, I've taught you some lessons last couple weeks, and this will be my last one, off of the, the Tiger King. And, and I think about these people. These people were people of great confidence. Now, I don't endorse the TV show, but, but if you've seen it, you, like, like they had some confidence in some pretty crazy things. Like, like, like Joe, you know, I want confidence like, that you can rock a mullet like that. That is some confidence right there. Like, like that, that takes some confidence. Man, I, I'm proud of this thing. Our confidence, right, that man, that I can dress like I'm 14, but I'm really 55, like this guy. Like, I, I want that kind of confidence right there. Or confidence like this guy who never put on a single shirt during a, any interview in the entire show. Like, that takes some confidence right there. Like, he's just lounging. Like, the world is watching this guy. Our confidence that this lady's husband believes right here that she's not going to feed them to the tigers. That takes some confidence right there. I, I know how to go there. I'm just joking. Just trying to make you laugh a little bit. It takes some confidence. And I want you to know, if you're going to be God's witnesses, we need a little bit of confidence in the fact that God has called us. Now, I think this idea of being a witness overwhelms people. Because they think, Aaron, it's, it's, it's too much. I'm not qualified. 
I'm not someone that, that can do anything great. But let me tell you what this word witness actually means. It's actually a legal term. You can write it down in your notes this way. It means someone who sees an event and reports what happens. That's all a witness is. They saw it and they report what happened right there. And you have to understand, this is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Listen, I'm not here for you to go out and debate people and fight people. I just want you to report what you have seen happen. Radiant Church, this is what God has called us to do. To be confident in the fact that God has saved us, God has redeemed us, God has healed us, God has given us a calling, and because God did it to us, we need to report it to the lost and broken world out there today. You see, the world is less interested in your theology, but they're very interested in your testimony. And a lot of you guys, you're thinking you're waiting to be theologically okay before you share your faith with your friends, and your friends are not needing your theology, even though theology is very important. They need your testimony. They need someone to take, say, let me tell you what God did in my marriage. Let me tell you how God helped me through anxiety. Let me tell you how God helped me overcome that addiction. And if he did it in my life, he could do it in your life also. We are called to be witnesses. What God's done in you, he wants to do it through other people. That word witness in the Greek, let me show you. I've never knew this before in my entire life before studying this. That word in the Greek is actually this word, write it down in your notes, martyr. It's martyr. It's where we get the word martyr. You see, the word martyr, all it means is, is someone that's just a witness. Now, what happened to these first century church is that they were so sold on what they had seen and heard that under the pressure, I mean, the, the pressure of persecution and even to the point of death, they would not recant their stories and they would not sit there and, 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 and go back on their stories. They were so firm that Jesus died, he rose from the grave, that it ended up costing them their life. And the word martyr and witness now became synonymous with people that gave their life for the gospel. Let me just tell you, you're called to be a martyr. Now, that might sound a little depressing. And I mean, you go, Aaron, it's not what I signed up for. Here's what a martyr is. It's someone that's just simply a witness that's saying, listen, I'm going to be bold in the fact that even if somebody else tries to tell me it's not real, no, I'm, I'm holding on to the fact that Jesus saved me, he's cleansed me, he's done something great in my life, and I promise you, if he did it in me, he could do it in you, and our world needs that right now. Story goes on, Acts chapter 1, let's go with verse 10. Look what happened next. So they're getting commissioned, and something wild happens. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him gone into heaven. All right, let me take this and put it in the Aaron uh, temporary translation, okay? Because I want you to let you know what happens. Because this happens all the time in my life because I've got four little kids that are seven and under. It's something like this, where I tell my kids, hey, go clean your room. And then 30 seconds later, parents, you know what I'm talking about. You're sitting there right there with the kids right now. 30 seconds later, you look at them, and they're doing something else different. And you look at them, you go, I just told you what to do. What did I just say? And they go, I don't know. What did you just say? 
I told you to clean your room. You have to remind them. And God is such a good father to us that he goes and Jesus is, is commissions them, heads up into heaven. He probably went something like this and he gets up into heaven and goes up to God the Father and says, man, it's done. I got the team. I, I, I've gathered them together. It's kind of a ragtag group, but man, they're going to be awesome. They're going to change the world. God the Father looks at him and says, okay, so what are they doing right now? Well, I don't know. I just left. Let me go look. And they go and look, and they look out, and you guess what everybody's doing? They're staring at the sky. Just like my kids do when I ask them to do chores. Just staring up. And what does he do? He goes, oh, man, they've already, they've already lost track of focus. All right, Gabriel, Michael, angels, go down there and tell them what to do. And what did the scriptures say? Two men in white robes come down and says, what are y'all doing staring at the sky? Jesus will return. You've got something to do. And here's what I've realized. Number three, write it down in your notes. My level of focus determines my level of effectiveness. You want to be commissioned? You want to do something great for God? You've got to stay focused on what God has called us to do. And let me just be very clear with you. This is harder now than ever. Why? Not just because it is difficult to stay focused in our society, but it's especially hard to stay focused during COVID-19 and during this crisis. Why? Because you've got kids all over your house. Even right now, it's hard to focus on this message because they're climbing all over you and they're not sitting still and it's wild. And some of you guys, you're living on Zoom calls and your schedule's been thrown out the window. You haven't put on new underwear in four days. Life is crazy. The only way you know today's even Sunday is because you're watching Radiant Church. And some of you guys are watching it on Tuesday because you forgot to tune in on Sunday. Why? Because we have lost focus. Radiant Church, listen up to me right here. God has a plan for this season. Let us not lose focus on what matters most. I know the stock market's crazy. I know the job loss is wild. I know the pandemic is spreading. I know it's crazy, but let us not lose focus on what matters most. And here's what matters most. People matter most. Lost, hurting, broken people, your neighbors, your family members, your coworkers, these people, need Jesus. And we must stay focused on the fact that God in his sovereign, amazing plan thought it was best to commission you and me to be the light of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus during this difficult time. Let me just tell you, COVID-19 might have taken us by surprise. It didn't take God by surprise. And I wrote it down in my notes this way and I want you to get it. Listen, our sovereign God, who knows everything, has given us a specific goal. And he, he's very, very clear. What is his goal? That we would be his witnesses. That we would raise up disciple makers. We are called to make a difference during this time and we're called to do it in our city we're called to do it in our nation we're called to do it to the ends of the earth and right now for you that might just mean that you need to be focused on raising up disciples right there in your home do some family devotions and pray with your spouse 
minister to those people on Zoom, connect with some people on Facebook, but let's stay focused on what matters most during this time. Here's what matters most. We've got to use this season to accomplish what God has commissioned us to do from the very beginning, to be his witnesses, to be his light in a lost, broken world. Story ends, Acts chapter one, verse 12. Look what happens next. This, this, again, never saw this until studying for this message for you guys today. Says it like this. Then the apostles return to where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I always thought about that. Why did they go to Jerusalem right there? Why, why did they do that? And here's what I really believe is the case. Because do you remember what the assignment was? Hey, you're going to receive power and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they had this decision to make going, okay, we, we have a moment. We've got to do something. We're called to do something great. So where do we start? And I wonder if one of them said, well, I don't know what the ends of the earth is going to be, but how about let's just start right there in Jerusalem. Here's number four. Write it down in your notes this way. Is I'm going to encourage you, do not be afraid to dream big and start small. Let me say it again. Don't be afraid to dream big. We're going to dream about Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. But don't be afraid to start small and just do the little bit that you can do right here. You want to change the world? You want to accomplish the commission that God has for your life? Then here's the question. What is your Jerusalem? What is the small step that you can take today to accomplish the big vision? I wrote it down this way. One last question, and then we're going to be done. What can I do right now that might seem small, but it'll lead me towards the big dream that God has for my life? Let me say it again. What can I do right now that it might seem small? And I know it seems small. Raising those kids and doing devotions together and giving that money and, and, and sending those gifts to your neighbors and, and blessing someone with groceries or sending a kind note to somebody or praying for somebody or a book that you can read, a class you can sign up for, debt that you can pay off, a percentage that you can give, somebody that you can forgive, I know it might seem small, but what is that one thing you can do right now that'll lead me towards the big dream that God has for my life? I think you need to answer that question today. Let me just tell you, God has commissioned you for greatness, for something that is amazing that's gonna change the whole world. And when you don't know what to do to get to the ultimate dream at the end, start with the very thing right in front of you. That's what the apostles did. I think about our life and Katie and I, 2013, moving to Tampa. We're just living with my in-laws, didn't know what to do. I just had this big dream. And I remember God said, Aaron, dream big, but don't be afraid to start small. You want to do something great for God? Dream big, but start small. It was a small little steps. And we're working on the name and we're working on the logo and we put together the website, all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody else saw us. But what I've realized about God is that if we're faithful with private preparation, God will be faithful with public promotion. If you'll be faithful to do what is small, 
God will be faithful to do with what is big. You are commissioned. You have an assignment. God wants to use your life. You say yes to him today. Every eye closed, every head bowed, right there in your living room. Just say yes to God again today. Just make a decision and say, God, I'm going to be a blank check. How do you want to use my life? A lot of you, you've just been off focus. And you haven't, been, you haven't been focusing on Jesus. Make a decision right now. Say, I'm putting my focus back on him. And right there, right in your living room, if you say, Aaron, I don't have that relationship with God. Uh, I'm not where I need to be with God. Your first decision that you need to make today is to give your life over to God as a blank check and say, God, thank you for going to the cross for me. Today, I make a decision to live for you. I'm gonna ask you to respond right there on Church Online. You can click, hey, I'm raising my hand. I'm giving my life to Christ. You're right there on Facebook, YouTube. You can write in there, I'm giving my life to Christ. Make a simple yet significant decision today to turn your life over to God and say, God, I surrender my past, my issues, my struggles. Today, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my struggles. Today, be my Lord and be my Savior. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be a blank check that you can use for your purpose, your destiny. Use me to change the world. And let it start right here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate across Tampa Bay. So many people who have made the best decision of their life. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.